Welcome to BSD Talk number 225. It's Friday, May 17, 2013. What follows is the first of my interviews recorded at BSD Can in Ottawa, Canada. Well, here we are at BSD Can 2013, and I'm speaking with Chris Moore again. Thank you for taking some time to speak with me. Hey, well, good to see you again. I just came out of uh, the talk that you gave about PCBSD, so I don't want to ask you to repeat everything you did there, but if you could give maybe a brief synopsis of what you were talking about. Well, sure. Today we were focused more on the uh, installation side of things. We were talking about a utility included in PCBSD and TrueOS, which will quickly allow you to... Uh, deploy a Pixie server, doing uh, fully automated installations on clients, being able to manage configuration a little bit, and some of the options for you know, disk setup, etc. Uh-huh. So, I guess with PCBSD, you've been working on that for, gosh, it seems like it, it's been forever. It's How been many a number years? of years now. I mean, PC Systemstall is probably four years old, five years old now. Yep, yep. Yep. And the, the PC... BSD install or PC sysinstall at this point, you mentioned that it's an optional install for stock FreeBSD also? Yeah, it, you can point your disk files at anything, so it doesn't have to be anything we've supplied. It can be a FreeBSD image, it could be your own custom BSD image you develop at your workplace, preloaded with packages, you name it. Mm-hmm. And, and the version you were um, demonstrating during your talk was 9.1? Yeah, that was the release uh, included with 9.1. 9.2's obviously not happened yet, but there'll be some cool updates in 9.2 down the road. Yeah, and I guess for those that have been using PCBSD for a while as just a standard desktop operating system, are there any significant changes that you're anticipating in the way that PCBSD is uh, going to be released? A lot has changed in how we're going to be doing releases for PCBSD. A lot of people who have been following our forums and mailing lists have probably seen talk of rolling release. Um, What we've done is we've split into two branches. So we're going to be doing the traditional 9.1, 9.2 release, the same as we always have. And those are usually 12, 13 months in between, which is great if you just want to install it and not touch it again and want the stability that provides. But we have a number of users who want more bleeding edge. They need stuff now. There's drivers and fixes going into FreeBSD daily, it seems, that uh, we really need to get out to end users. So we're going to be doing a rolling release in addition that's based on 9 stable, Eventually, it'll jump to 10 stable when that matures. And uh, that release is a little different. We provide a full package NG repository, which will be updated weekly. We're shooting for uh, monthly updates of the world and kernel, so the latest stable gets pushed out every month. So you really will be able to kind of keep track of what FreeBSD is doing in between that long 12 to 13 month dry spell where there's not a lot of stuff happening. Now, is this taking advantage of work that's being done by FreeBSD, or is IX Systems the one that's doing all the backporting and changes? Um, it's kind of a mixture of, of, of both. So some of the world stuff, we're borrowing like FreeBSD update. We've decided to take Collins tools and run our own FreeBSD update server. We're managing which patches we throw in, you know, which cut of stable we grab, and then we push that out via FreeBSD update. But then uh, you know, IX Systems provided a bunch of hardware, of course, and now we're running Podrier and building our own package and G repos. And we're kind of divorcing ourselves a little bit from the FreeBSD project in that respect so that we can control the frequency and, and hopefully provided a little bit more timely to our, to our users. 
and, and not to turn this into a package NG talk, mm -hmm. but that's one of those big changes to FreeBSD that I haven't even wrapped my head around yet. Yeah, it's it's a quite a bit different. I mean, once you start digging into it, and we've been playing with it for a couple months now with our rolling release, and it has its uh, you know rough edges that still need to be sanded down a bit, but uh, so far it seems to be working. Uh, it works really well when you need to do a jail, for example, and you know, quickly install Apache packages, you know, PHP, etc. And are there any particular features of PackageNG that align really well with what you're trying to do with PCBSD? It's really good. We use it as kind of a distribution framework for our desktop. So uh, PCBSD, as we talked about a couple of years ago, went desktop agnostic. So we don't care if you're a KDE fan or GNOME fan or you're hardcore and want rat poison or something. So the way we provide that to our users is instead of building five images of different desktops and saying, okay, here's your Kubuntu, here's your Ubuntu, you know, we don't do that. We just have one image and then we use PackageNG in the background to say, okay, you need these packages installed if you want KDE. If you want GNOME, here's your package set. And then, you, of course, you can adjust these on the fly using the package system. That's what it's there for. And that, that is really helpful. Yeah. And also, you know, needless to say, PCBSD has its own packaging sure. system. And how do those relate to each other? Well, they're, they're still abstracted out. They're separate. So the PBI system is more like an app store. I mean, we call it the app cafe. And that works really well because once you get your KDE desktop set up, you may not want to jump to the newest release right away and have it break things if there's bugs, outstanding regressions, and whatnot. So if you stick to the App Cafe, you can still update Firefox and Chrome and Thunderbird and OpenOffice and all the apps you may use on a day-to-day -day basis without really rejiggering your entire desktop every week. And because the apps in the App Cafe sort of encapsulate all their own dependencies, does that mean that there's really no issues with the rolling release? Yeah, the rolling release doesn't affect them whatsoever. Um, it's really kind of cool. We only build like the PBIs on 9.0, and that'll work throughout the entire 9 series because they're ABI compatible, and we include all the libraries. So you can hit that app cafe and get the same versions regardless on whether you're jumping back and forth between release and stable rolling release. It, it's not going to affect what your PBIs are doing. And are you finding any you know, interest or support or development from commercial software companies to help bundle stuff into your app cafe, or is it primarily just stuff you were able to no, build No, it's yourself? pretty much just repackaging of FreeBSD ports in the PBI format. I mean, eventually, maybe that's where it'll go. But, <laughs> but for now, we got a lot of good open source software out there that does pretty much everything what people want to do. Yeah. And what about, you know, obviously, as a desktop-oriented operating system, how has it been you know, working with companies that do, let's say, video drivers and, and other kinds of stuff? Well, we've, we've been able to work with NVIDIA. We've had great support with them, uh, video drivers. Um, you know, drivers is always a sticky issue on FreeBSD, right? It's it's uh, lags a little bit behind Linux in certain areas. Other areas, it's great, like with hardwired NICs and stuff. But the Wi-Fi side, eh, not so much. But because we're FreeBSD, we try and get those guys involved in the FreeBSD project and say, okay, push your drivers into here, we get them, you know. And now with us being unstable, we'll get them quicker. We won't have to wait for 10.0 head to become a release in two or three years. And when you're doing a... Well, I'm going to pause for a second while these people walk by. Okay. So on, on a standard PCBSD install at this point, is it still defaulting to UFS? No. Actually, we're pushing more and more people into ZFS. And the interesting thing about that is I would like to see UFS go away from mm -hmm. the installer. I mean, completely. But at the moment, what we're doing is we're just kind of shoehorning people into ZFS unless they're really on an old 32-bit with less than a gig of RAM. Mm -hmm. But for everything else, ZFS just works. And... The features it provides, a number of our utilities are doing a lot of ZFS-only things. Um, boot environments is a huge one. 
being able to snapshot before you do an update, and then if something goes bad, roll back. That's critical, especially if you're on a rolling release. I mean, you go download a gigabyte worth of packages, and something goes wrong, or you lose power in the middle of it or something, you want to have something you can roll back to. So uh, boot environments is one critical reason why I would just tell even on your netbook it's worth running the ZFS. Mm. Have you had any issues with people running it on laptops that maybe don't have a lot of memory and everything. I mean, I guess you, there's a lot of fear in my mind around ZFS and its memory and hardware requirements. Sure. So ZFS, you know, maybe back in the 8 series it was a lot rougher, but what I found in the 9 series, I have a little Intel Atom with one gigabyte of RAM. I can mm-hmm. run ZFS on that just fine. Obviously, I'm not going to turn into a huge file server and start serving terabytes, but for desktop usage, being able to open a web browser and email, it works. Um, you can do additional tuning if you're really concerned about memory usage, but so far we've found it to be pretty adequate in how, how it handles that. And does your Warden feature tie into ZFS features? Oh, yeah, very heavily, actually. So the Warden uh, can do all kinds of stuff with creating jails, of course, and we use ZFS pretty extensively in the background, which will uh, allow you to easily set up and clone jails within seconds. It doesn't take forever to extract a world environment and, and set it up. ZFS can do the snapshots of your jails, so if you've got a database server and you want to snap it every five seconds, you can do that. It's, it's really quite powerful. Um, I'm looking at doing some changes to our backup utility, Life Preserver, as well, to start doing that on ZFS and then being able to replicate those snapshots to, like, your FreeNAS box or TrueOS or some other system elsewhere so you have kind of off-site uh, data you know, integrity. It's still there. Think like Apple Time Machine, that kind of thing. Yeah, are any of the desktop file managers taking advantage of ZFS snapshots in the way that, like, let's say, Time Machine does its stuff? Not that I'm aware of. All those are developed on Linux. I'm yeah. not aware of any of them are really developed on FreeBSD or BSD in general. So no, they don't. So what we've done is we've been slowly rewriting a lot of the utilities included within window managers. For example, obviously the network manager had to go because most of them are Linux dependent. They're written for Linux by Linux people and don't work with FreeBSD. So uh, that's gone. We've had to rewrite mounting. You know, we're trying to get away from using HAL even. I'm looking forward to the day when I flip the bit and say, HAL, you are now turned off. Because we have our own utilities which handle that. It seems like you definitely have a lot of work for one person. Is it really one person? No, it's really not one person. It hasn't been for a while. It's still a small team. You know, anywhere between five and eight developers at any given time. People come and go. You know, we have guys who will develop something for three months and then take a break and come back a year later and write something else. But uh, it's grown, and people are doing different things. We have some folks who just want to do PBIs, which is great. We have a number of QT developers who are constantly improving the GUIs, and then uh, we get the occasional odd kernel guy who's like, ooh, I want to put stuff into the kernel. Mm-hmm. It happens. <laughs> That's great, great. Well, I look forward to trying the latest release. I know you've got um, disks available yep. here. and. I guess the rolling release, I'll have to Yeah, that that's a special out. pre-release deal just for BSD can attendees. We haven't even hit it, put it up on the mirrors yet. So uh, you can give that a whirl, and then sometime next week when I get home, we'll, we'll finish uploading and announce. Now, does that mean, you know, normally on PCBSD, you get this little alert every once in a while saying, hey, you've got some updates. But if you're running on the rolling release, is that just going to be always blinking at you saying uh, you got Probably something? once a week, yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll look more like a Linux desktop yeah. in that case. So, you know, there's a new package, a new KDE this, you know, a new Samba that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you'll get that. And then monthly will also be shipping out the new FreeBSD world in kernel. So, yeah, you'll be getting a lot of updates, but some people like that. Yeah. I mean, they bring new features and fun regressions. <laughs> but yeah, if anything, uh, it will help people identify areas that... Yeah, and, and that's really going to help us test going into 9.2 and going mm-hmm. into 9.3. I mean, really, the rolling release is more of a development platform now, so we're going to be pushing out updates to the warden as we write them. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be waiting to release it, you know, 12 months down the road. We can get it to you tomorrow, yeah. as opposed to, uh, again, waiting. 
Well, great. I guess we'll have to see how it goes. Yes, we'll have to see. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I'll let you go back to the conference here, and I'll have to fire some up, fire up some discs. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Right. Thank you. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BST Talk number 225.